I'm Chanae Ogumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Stephen Rannigan, a two-time six-figure High Stakes Fantasy Football Award winner, and he's gunning for another one with a team in the top 70 in the 2020 Football Guys Players Championship. His total career winnings are well over $400,000. In this episode, we talk about the Lions receiving core without Kenny Galladay, the suddenly deep Colts backfield, and much more. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE. All one word, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Now, without further ado, here is $400,000 high-stakes fantasy football winner, Stephen Rannigan. 
Joining me on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown this week is a wow, former, now that I think about it, two-time national champion with the Fantasy Championship, the NFFC uh, Primetime. You, Steven, you, it's Steven Rannigan, by the way. And Steven, you have a pair of, of six-figure prizes under your belt, right? I do. I do. Yeah. And then I know we had talked uh, last year, um, you know, almost, you, you know, kind of took home that uh, playoff challenge there. So that was, uh, you know, you know, that was fun. And um, yeah, yeah, no. So I've had, um, you know, some success the past couple of years. So, um, you know, it's been good. And I'm trying to just, you know, kind of keep improving on, on, you know, what I'm doing and what I'm learning and how I'm doing it and things like that. So it's, uh, it's been great. It's fun. You know, we have, um, I, by the way, fourth place in the uh, in the FFPC playoff challenge uh, last year. So congratulations to you on that. You ha- you got some threats here in the uh, the football guys players championship. One specifically that we'll get into a little bit today. But as we head into to week nine, sixty first overall out of you know ten nearly eleven thousand teams this year, um, and obviously managing um, fantasy football this year with the threat of COVID-19 has, has obviously been different. How has it affected the way that you drafted, the way that you've managed your rosters over the first eight-plus weeks of the season? Yeah, i got to say i got to be pretty straightforward. I think I didn't really – I probably drafted a little bit differently, but not you know that much different, just not knowing how everything was going to go with COVID and all that. Um, I, I think managing in-season has been – oh, man, it's been uh, – extremely trying just uh you know i had one week i think it was the first week where there was some cancellations i had a tea time i was all golfing and i was like you know i had to pull over and like make changes to you know, it's probably the first time i've ever had to do that just because it was so like there was so many moving parts um so it was really just like you know i really had to like think quick and you know i got to everything and you know was able to change everything but it was just so you know because they were changing bye weeks around and you know when you draft you plan for you know, okay, hey, you know, you know, I need to have, you know, available players in different spots. And, oh, it was, it's, it's been trying in that way. And what's really funny is I was talking to somebody the other day and it really hasn't been the COVID uh, issues yet. It's been more the injuries caused by COVID. So um, I've got hit pretty hard um, by a lot of injuries and, you know, I, I, you know, I understand that's just part of the game. So, you know, I'm not really complaining about it, but it was just, I, I've probably grinded more this year than in, in, in any year by far. Like, uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't, uh, I, I probably couldn't do it justice, you know, by, by talking about it, but it's, it's been, been quite a, quite a test. Yeah. And, and it's been affecting everybody, you know, myself included a ton of other high stakes fantasy owners, just trying, I just look at the scores every week, you know, and I, I think about, you know, some people are still putting up 200 point monsters here and there, but the scores just are, are so down because you're just trying to get warm bodies in your lineup that you can count on. Uh, you know, some of these guys that are game time decisions um, on Sunday night or Monday night, then obviously, is there going to be a game on Tuesday? Um, you know, we've had to deal with that a couple of times this year, too. So it's been crazy, man. And uh, you're handling it with a plum. And one of the things that's that's made it so I don't want to say easy for you, but but on this team that's 61st overall, Russell Wilson, your quarterback, and you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett as two of your receivers, two receivers on the same team that are both pretty close to being uh, in the top five, uh, at least for per game averages for receivers yeah. this year. So that stack, Stephen, is is that a strategy that that you sometimes try to do when you're drafting multiple, you know, whether it be main event or football guys teams, or did you just did it just happen that way in this draft? 
Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was more just, um, you know, I think I had kind of gone through that draft and, um, you know, sort of, you know, had some pieces to the Seattle offense and then basically just thought, um, hey, you know, if some of these pieces are available, you know, I can sort of add to that. I, I do do that sometimes, but it's not, um, you know, it's not something that I'll do all the time. Um, but I think I remember with that draft, I think I was waiting for one of the receivers to fall and they weren't really falling um, that far. Um, and I do remember that uh, the last receiver I took was really falling quite a bit. So, um, you know, that that was nice about that draft. What's, what's funny is I remember doing that draft. It's, it's interesting. Some of them you remember and some of them you don't. But, uh, you know, I really remember doing that. Yeah, it was. I'm just looking at the draft board right now. You actually went running back, running back from the 12 spot in that draft with Mixon and then Aaron Jones. And then you did go four straight receivers. And Metcalf and Lockett were your third and fourth. You took Ridley and Adam Thielen before him. And then you get Metcalf and Lockett, Hayden Hurst, Russell Wilson, and then a, a slew of running backs after that, including Boston Scott, who's been had some uh, a couple of pretty good weeks in place of Miles Sanders so far. Um, so specifically with this team, you, you already have Russell Wilson. You're essentially playing him every week. I'm curious why you have not only uh, Ryan Tannehill as well, but Tua Tungabailoa on this team as well, where you have three really good quarterbacks or, you know, at least high upside quarterbacks along with an MVP candidate. Yeah, I think more, um, you know, I think it's probably a little bit of a psychological effect from this year, just what's happened at so many other positions. I just, you know, I, I really like the talent, you know, of uh, Tua. Um, and I suppose just being worried about injuries, you just, you know, I feel like when I get a team up close, I don't really want to sort of leave myself, um, you know, at risk of not having, um, you know, some sort of upside, I guess you'd call it. Um, so, I mean, it could could pay off, uh, you know, it could really be like a useless move. Um, but um, I don't mind doing that, um, you know, holding extra at a certain position based on just my history of, you know, what I feel like about a certain player, I guess. Um, and it's, you know, I think probably if, I think if Russell Wilson went down, that whole team would probably be shot anyway. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, much like the Dak Prescott thing, you know. Um, so it's, you know, I think that's one thing for players to probably keep aware of. Sometimes you, um, you know, with these stacks, you know, you just tend to think, okay, well, you know, I got the Dallas offense. They look unbelievable. I'm just going to draft, you know, stacks everywhere. And then all of a sudden Prescott goes down and not only is Prescott useless, but now every player in the stack is useless. So it's, it's it can really be disastrous. Yeah, it's incredible seeing how, you know, because we looked at the top of the leaderboard the first three, four weeks of the season. And all these Cowboy stacks were all at the top of the leaderboard um, be, because of the Prescott factor. And, and it's just really crazy how. Prescott gets hurt. Now you're on your third string quarterback there. But even when you're on your backup, I mean, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, um, CeeDee Lamb, these guys are all hit and miss. Ezekiel Elliott's had a lot of bad weeks now, too. So you're right um, when, you know, that's the dangers of, of doing that. No question. Um, I mentioned Hayden Hurst already. You also have Logan Thomas on this squad as, as your backup tight end, Steven. How close do you think the fantasy production gap is going to be going forward between these two guys, Hurst and Thomas, are they actually a lot closer than people might give them credit for? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think you could see Thomas, you know, maybe end up as like a, just because of the, um, you know, the lack of, uh, I won't say talent, just 
the lack of production at the position. I think you could see Thomas kind of being a like a back end, you know, tight end one, maybe a top, you know, tight end two. Um, uh, you know, I think with the injuries to you know, um, you know, Ridley recently, and I think with Jones, you can't really expect him to you know play you know anything more than twelve or thirteen games. So, you know, I think you know it's like you know you'll have some of those pockets in the season where somebody like Hurst can work out, right? Um, so I think two of those guys, I, I think it's like a good sort of, like a nice mix to have two of those guys like that who are solid but not like great. But, um, you know, having two of them there like that I think is nice. I think sometimes if you have, you know, like some people saw this week with Kittle going down, you have Kittle and you think, oh, well, you know, I really only need like a, you know, Ferks or something because I have Kittle. I just, I, I, that's, I think that can be dangerous sometimes, you know. No, it can be. And and to your point, Logan Thomas is averaging um, in FFPC tight end premium scoring double digits right now, too. And, and certainly that could go up as the year goes on. We shall see how uh, Washington divvies up those targets in their passing game. Um, news out of Detroit this week. Kenny Galladay expected uh, to miss this week. Could be more uh, or could be one more week. Could be multiple weeks. We don't know yet. So just looking at, at this from, and we're recording this on Tuesday prior to the NFL trade deadline, but if Detroit does not trade Marvin Jones, Stephen, does he make for a good start now going forward? And um, uh, second part of this question, are there any other Lions receivers that you're looking at picking up that are free agents in FFPC leagues right now? Yeah, I think, um, I think that offense could be um, – you know, quite fruitful if you just kind of hit on the right one, really. I think, um, you know, I think it did look like Galladay was going to miss a ton of time. So I think, you know, you probably temper your, you know, expectations and enthusiasm a little bit. But, um, you know, I definitely think there's, you know, you know, like guys like Hall and, um, you know, I feel like Amendola sometimes can, you know, as long as he's healthy, he can, you know, kind of have, you know, big games. I'm not even sure if he's healthy. You know, he seems to just, you know, you know, come in and out of the lineup quite a bit. Um you know, and then you have, you know, some of the rookies there, you know, who are decent. Um, it's just that, you know, that, that um, you know, management group and that team, they just seem like they can't, um, you know, sort of get an identity this year. And I think when you have that, it's tough to sort of like bank on sort of, you know, what their philosophy is going to be and then sort of, you know, base your decision based on that. But I think there could definitely be, you know, something there. It's just, you know, kind of, a, um, you know, kind of like, you know, throwing, you know, pieces of paper in a hat maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And yep. and they they just worked out on Mohamed Sanu, too. So that's okay. another guy that could come into the equation. But you're right. If Galladay doesn't miss a whole lot of time, then expectations need to be tempered there for sure. Um, Naheem Hines was awesome on Sunday. You know, two touches turned into two electric touchdowns uh, and electric touchdown dances, too. Jordan Wilkins <laughs> also had a really good game. 20 carries, 89 yards. Now, after the game, Frank Reich said that Jonathan Taylor has – a little bit of an ankle injury. I don't know what to make of that, quite frankly. I don't know if a little bit means, yeah, it's actually pretty significant, um, or if it was just something that's not a big deal and he'll be ready to go. But seeing uh, what we did on Sunday, Stephen, with with Wilkins and Hines looking pretty good, does that make you reevaluate starting Jonathan Taylor going forward, knowing that these two guys behind him look pretty capable? Yeah, I mean – I was never really high on Taylor. I mean, I have, I have some of it just based on, you know, that whole like FOMO concept, right. I was just afraid, Uh, you know, it was just, there was so much hype and, you know, similar to CEH, like I really didn't have much of CEH until the end. And I, I probably got a little sort of, 
you know, hey, I don't have any of this. I really need to, you know, sort of adjust a little bit, which, you know, I honestly wish I didn't. And I wish I didn't with Taylor. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I don't have many, but just with the Taylor thing, I, you know, I felt like that was a crowded backfield anyway. And the offense under Rivers is, you know, you know, if you look at Rivers history, it's, you know, it's been the same where, you know, you, you could get the tight end three, you know, like, you know, Virgil Green back in the day or, you know, their third string running back or something gets, you know, 60 yards passing. You're like, I didn't even know he was on the roster, you know, but he just, <laughs> you know, he just like, uh, you know, really diversifies the offense so much that, you know, you just kind of, you know, it's like, you know, you just really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, they, they had a good line and everything, but I guess the hype was just way too much on him just, you know, through listening to various, you know, like news outlets and things like that. I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't crazy over him. So I think that could definitely be something, you know, something there, you know, especially with the line and everything. And, um, you know, Rivers has been known to kind of bring his teams back later in the year as well. So, uh, Anthony Miller, speaking of guys that got hyped up, myself included, I loved Anthony Miller coming into the year. In fact, I drafted him as like my number five receiver in a top, well, not in a ton of spots, but in a significant amount of spots this year. Uh, he keep really disappointed. And then he comes back out of nowhere this week. Eight catches for 73 yards against the Saints. He was actually dropped in a significant uh, amount of leagues. Is this enough for you to to bid some pretty serious bucks on the waiver wire to get him on your roster? Yeah, I I love the talent. Like you said, I'm I've been in on him prior years, like heavy, um, and I love the talent. I just I'm just not sure sometimes what they're doing, and you know, kind of talks to some of the other teams some of these teams I see the way they distribute the ball and uh, you know avoid like really talented players and you know and, and again it, it might just be you know it might be a gap in my understanding kind of of oh, okay well hey you know he's on you know an up-and-coming cornerback or it's just not part of their offensive scheme or um, you know I think some of these teams they have these players with so much talent I mean that guy could be I mean he could be a top 20 wide receiver if he was in the right system um, you know, he's just got so much talent and, you know, I've kind of, you know, followed him a little bit. It seems like he's got a ton of heart and, um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I guess, you know, to sum that up, I, I think you were right in your logic and, you know, in taking him and I, you know, I have some of it, but I, you know, it passed on from some, uh, but it's just, um, I think he's a great talent, you know? I do too. And, and I usually, and I don't know if, if, you know, opportunity is probably the biggest thing I look for on the waiver wire, but obviously talents, uh, you know, uh, this is probably the second thing that's, that's big because if, if a guy demonstrates his ability to play, well, th- then he's worth adding, you know, Travis Fulgham too. Uh, you look at a guy like him a few weeks ago that a lot of people were kind of like, ah, he's probably just a one-off, you know, uh, Rager gets healthy. Jeffrey gets healthy. Deshaun Jackson gets healthy. He's going to be nothing. Well, you know, Rager's back, and Fulgham still had another great performance. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, they don't look anywhere close to, um, you know, coming back. And when you have opportunity meeting talent like that, it it makes a lot of sense. And certainly Miller as a talent maybe just needs the opportunity. I don't know if he'll ever get number one targets uh, because of the presence of Allen Robinson, but he didn't need him against New Orleans to come up with a 15-point day. So certainly something that we'll be looking for uh, uh, and the FFPC waiver wire this week to see how, how those bids shake out. Uh, moving west to Los Angeles, uh, Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, and now Troy Mayne Pope is avoiding starting a Chargers running back the best way to go for high-stakes owners going forward, knowing that you know, you're just never going to know who the guy is until Austin Eckler comes back. 
or Steven, do all these guys represent a decent flex play, you know, especially with the bye week gauntlet upon us? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think their offense looks pretty good. So, I mean, I think it's um, I mean, I think all those, you know, could be um, possibilities. You know, I, I, I think the, um, the Joshua Kelly, you know, looks looks like, you know, he looks like a good runner. Um, probably still needs to learn. He's probably still a little raw, you know, from what I see. But Jackson's always looked good to me. And I just, you know, same type of thing. It's just, you know, he had spots last year where he was running the ball well. And, um, you know, you look and they string together eight runs and then they, you know, miss a block or they do something that, you know, a lot of other running backs do. And then all of a sudden they're gone for a quarter. You're like, you know, what happened? You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Ronald Jones a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I'm not crazy over Ronald Jones, but you know, you see some of the stuff like recently where Brady will throw a pass and it's not exactly the best pass. And, you know, I know Jones isn't, you know, the most prolific pass catcher, but you know, then all of a sudden, you know, the coaching staff is, you know, dinging him and he's done. He's done for quarters at a time. And you can see the offense moving better with some of these guys. And I, I don't know if it's just, like I said, if there's other information we're not privy to, but just watching on a TV, you're like, God, like this offense is moving. It's not moving prolifically, but it's moving. And then they bring in the guy who they like, and it's just, it looks horrible for three series. And then they go back to it and then they score and they're like, you know, I like, okay, well, everyone saw that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's, you know, it's, that's definitely a crowd of backfields. That should be interesting. I, I was hoping Eckler could get back, but God, that would look like a serious injury. Yeah, it was bad. And, and certainly, um, you know, we haven't even heard, quite frankly, whispers of him, you know, returning to practice yet. So it may be a while yet uh, yeah. with, uh, with Eckler coming back to the field for the Chargers. Um, moving on to another interesting backfield, uh, at least especially over the last hour, as we found out on Monday, A.J. Dillon um, has uh, tested positive for COVID-19. And then we found out Jamal Williams is one of the high-risk uh, close contacts. Uh, that we were waiting tests on. Well, now we found out that he indeed is on the COVID-19 list because of his that, that high-risk area. So the Packers go into a Thursday night game this week, and perhaps we'll know more by the time this, this podcast comes out. But you had Aaron Jones, who is listed as a limited participant if the Packers would have practiced on Monday. But then after that, it's practice squad Dexter Williams and Tyler Irvin, a guy who's basically been returning kicks and running jet sweeps. Uh, for the Packers. So you look at, again, going up against the Niners this week, obviously if Aaron Jack, uh, Jones is active, which I think he will be, you're going to play him. Any other Packers running back worth a flex knowing that Dylan and Williams played a part while Jones was out and, and got some fantasy goodness to him? Uh, is there any other guy that you would look at on this Green Bay uh, in this Green Bay backfield, Stephen? Yeah, I think Irvin looks like he has some um, – yeah, it looks like he's got some, um, you know, some pop you know, to his game, just a little bit of um, speed there. Um, I think they said Jones was going to be out. They were pessimistic just before. I saw that during lunch here um, uh, that they were um, going to um, be, you know, probably pessimistic that he, uh, you know, was going to be out um, for this week. So it's definitely going to be, I think, one of those two. And again, it's it's been this crazy year with that. So, yeah, I mean, I think Irvin looks pretty good there. Um, just not sure. I think based on the matchup, you know, how, you know, how much they'll use, you know, some of those guys and it, you know, depends on game script too, but yeah, it's been, I mean, it's like, you know, you look at the Jones situation, that's tough. And then all of a sudden you have Williams on some teams and you think you're all set. And then there was that. So <laughs> it's been, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's been really, really interesting. 
And and as and as beat up as that Packers backfield is, it's really nothing compared to what the Niners have have had happen to him this year with Garoppolo and now Kittle and Debo Samuel's been missing time. Brandon Ayuk missed the you know the the first part of the season too with with his hamstring. It just seems like they cannot get healthy there. And that's not even to mention their backfield with Mostert, uh, Tevin Coleman, and now Jeff Wilson. So this could be a battle of the fourth and fifth string running backs on Thursday night if this game is indeed played on Thursday. Stephen, is is there any who would you like in this fantasy? Yeah, I mean, you, outside of Devontae Adams, but like you look at the Niners, I, I guess Ayuk is a play that you would start this week, uh, even with Nick Mullins. But outside of that, I'm kind of scratching my head for the Niners. Yeah, I love Ayuk. Uh, man, he looks he looks awesome. I think he's going to be – I think that kid's going to be elite. Um, you know, he's had some injuries a little bit. Um, love him. Um, you know, I think – you know, in the backfield, yeah, man, they got some good running backs. Like, that, you know, that guy Jeff Wilson, he's even really a good runner. Um, you know, obviously hurt now for three weeks or so or a month. Or, um, you know, Hasty looks looks really good. I just, you know, just with them, they just don't. You know, they they spread the ball around. They're using Kyle, you know, Kyle Juice Jack on the, you know, five yard line, you know, for screens and you know, like, um, just 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 weird stuff. So you can't really, you, you know, it's like. It's nice for a fill-in, but you know, like you know, if you get anything more than between ten and fourteen points, I think you're like psyched, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you have two, you know, bright young minds, creative offensive minds, head coaching these teams on Thursday. So even with the lack of talent in the backfield or or lack of numbers, I think we're going to see a, a fun game again. I hoping that game goes off on Thursday, um, if not, maybe Monday or Tuesday. We'll see. Um, I'm just kind of curious, Stephen. You, you know, you you manage a lot of football guys' teams, couple main events as well. How how does your what is your week like when you start placing bids for all these teams? How early do you start? Um, is it just a total Wednesday thing that you dedicate your time to, or or have you already been placing bids? Yeah, this year has been oh man, wow. I mean, I actually actually have to like block out time in my calendar. Usually, I'll do it late at night. Um, but like you said, I I start a day early this year. Usually I wouldn't do that. Sometimes I would do that, uh, you know, in the past just based on a schedule thing or something, but I honestly have to start sort of looking at it, say on like a Tuesday night and I'll spend, you know, a couple of hours or something. So it's been, it's been a commitment this year for sure. And I, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining either because I love it. Like I really, (laughs) I do. I really, I enjoy it. Um, But it's just, there's so many unknowns this year that I think, you know, you're going through a process where you have to like, just admit to yourself, like, okay, this isn't working out as a result. It's not a result of my ability to decipher all this information. Right. It's just, there's just so much, you know, I guess, as I said earlier, there's so many moving parts that I'll give you a good example. I had to drop. um, So Chase Claypool, um, the, the, the week that, um, you know, all the crazy like Tennessee and Buffalo stuff was going on. Right. And it was, yep. it was on, it was off, it was on, it was off. And, you know, I, I had this great team and Claypool was honestly, was like, he would be the guy I would drop, you know, and I needed to pick up, I think it was, I needed to pick up a defense because I had Buffalo's defense. And I thought, you know, and I was honestly thinking about just keeping them. And I'm like, well, you know, it's stuff like that, that you're not really used to, you know, like in some instances, you know, you have a really awesome team and you have to decide, oh, okay, I got to drop this guy. I really don't want to do this, but I, I really like this situation or whatever. But there were a few instances like that. Luckily I didn't do it in many, but where I remember dropping Claypool and I was like, you know, I would never do that in a normal year. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I had a good week in, in week eight for my teams. And then I was looking at, you know, my benches this week and I had I, I, DJ Dallas on the bench in just about every league. And I'm like, look at him. This, seven leagues. I owned him in. I didn't start him in a single one. Um, and you know, because we, it was a later game yeah. and I didn't know what was going on with Carson and, and Hyde and, and Homer and what have you. Um, but let me ask you about him going forward now, because we still don't know about Carson and Hyde and Homer and, you know, he showed out, you know, 20 some points in week eight. Is this a guy that you still got to keep around and potentially start in week nine? If, uh, you know, just in case that these guys aren't ready to go again. Yeah. Uh, DJ Dallas, you're saying? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would. Uh, I think he looks pretty good. I mean, and just, you know, in that offense, you know, I think it's conducive to, um, you know, just to that position. Right. I mean, even though they're sort of airing it out, obviously, this year. But, yeah, I mean, I think any any running back there, you know, um, you know, I, I had hide a lot just, you know, even separately, just, you know, and, you know, and then I saw, OK, Carson's out and then. Okay, you know, like at least I got hide and then hide turn. You know, it's like, um, right. you know, like you said, you know, I I had to sit by, you know, I, I had to sit by the computer at three o'clock this week, which I don't. I mean, I do that sometimes, but like I, I had to make a concerted effort to do that, right? And right, you know, I lucked out just because I had so many injuries and buys on teams that I had Dallas in, and I remember looking, and thinking, wow, this guy got twenty points. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know. So crazy. I was actually I was ticked off that my backfield was uh, on those teams was as healthy as it was because DJ Dallas would have been a much better start than a lot of the stones I put in there, which was really unfortunate. Um, New England Patriots receiver. Speaking of stones, Jacoby Myers had ten targets this week. He turned it into six catches for fifty-eight yards. Stephen, um, I'm just kind of curious. You know, he's available in a lot of FFPC waiver wires. How significant? How how deep should we be going in? to the old waiver wire budget to grab Myers on a team that Nikhil Harry's still dealing with concussion. Uh, Julian Edelman just had knee surgery. Myers might be Cam Newton's main guy for the next few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, you know, I think Harry's just, I think he's going to be a bust really. It's not, um, you know, I just don't think there's that much there. He's got no speed, just, but um, you know, I mean, you look at guys like Corey Davis, he's doing well this year. So you never really know, but um yeah, you know, I think Myers looks good. I mean, I don't, I don't think the, you know, I don't think he jumps off the page at you, but um, I, I, I think when we talked last, you know, you know, four, you know, three or four months ago or whatever it was, six months ago, I was talking about Newton. How much I just, I mean, I don't think anything of Newton. Um, you know, some people get him in drafts and they were excited. I said, you know, they, I said this could be a thirty-five round draft. I still wouldn't take him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just worry about Newton sometimes. He just, you know, he's throwing like ducks and balls in the air. And, um, but, um, yeah, no, I do like, uh, you know, I think Myers, you know, you know, could be a good stopgap, you know. What was it about Newton and the pre draft, like during drafting season, Stephen, that, that you, that you didn't like? Did you just assume the injuries, you know, basically made him washed at this point and, and that he just was not going to be a, a, a good fantasy option at quarterback anymore? Yeah, I just think he's I, honestly. I think he's washed up. Like I think, uh, like I'm surprised. I think after the first, second bad week he had here, I was telling people, like, oh, he's going to get cut. Um, I honestly just think he's done because I think once you take away his legs, I mean, he was he had some years there where everyone was like, oh, he's a lead, he's a lead, and you know, he throw for 3,300 yards, but he you know run a ton, but he'd get 10 touchdowns or something. But, you know, all of a sudden, you, you know, you take away seven of those touchdowns, and um, really you know, throwing the football 
over time as you age, that just erodes, right? So it's, he was bad with that to begin with. And I, you know, I'm extreme, you know, you know, on him. So, you know, kind of take it with a grain of salt, but um, yeah, just, just nothing. I picked him up in a couple of leagues for like 10 bucks where he was available and I was shocked. I even got him and then I've dropped him since I didn't want nothing to do with him. <laughs> yeah, right. I know how those go. Yeah. I definitely know how those go. Um, final question for you, Steven. I'd certainly appreciate you making some time uh, this week for the uh, high stakes lowdown. Um, I know you probably haven't gone too deep into week nine yet as far as, you know, busts and sleepers. But who's a guy that you like this week that that probably won't be started in a lot of spots uh, among high stakes players, and then a guy that's probably going to be started in, in most places or maybe even everywhere that you think is going to disappoint? Yeah, yeah, I'd say um, you know somebody like uh, you know like you know with the tight end position being a little thinner this this week. Um, um, I could see Tanyan. You know, you know, like a tight end, you know, having a pretty good game just because, um, you know, they're going to be looking to throw the ball more, obviously, I think, you know, with all those running backs out. You know, I think he's, you know, something that stuck out to me a little bit. I don't know if it was just because it was more just like process of elimination of what I had just, you know, and I haven't looked a ton. Um, I Like, I know there's a ton of buys for wide receivers this week. So, um, you know, I think, um, you know, somebody like a um, – uh, I'm trying to trying to think. Um, like a, well, like a Damien Harris was one. Okay, yeah, from, Damien from Harris was one that stuck stuck. Up. Yep. Yeah, and he looked awesome. Like, I'm. Just, what about him? Like, and I'll I will part on this. Um, going forward for the remainder of the season, do we finally know that? we can trust the new England running back because for the first time in, in years, we haven't been able to trust James white in this offense, but Damian Harris looked really good. Is, is he a guy that, you know, we should be able to trust as a top 20, top 25 guy, the remainder of the season. Yeah. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but I love him. He looks awesome. So yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I, I'm not usually a Patriots guy, you know, as you know, so, um, you know, just, you know, especially from a fantasy perspective, uh, so yeah, uh, no, he looks good. He looks good. He's, you know, I think if they were a good team this year, he'd be, he'd be kind of high up there. I think you know, finishing out. And again, it's just a matter, you know, can he stay healthy? And sometimes that coaching staff. I mean, he could be running great, and they'll put in like Rex Burkhead or something. It's just crazy, completely <laughs> right. nuts. Um, yeah. So, but uh, he, you know, no, he looks you're, good. You're right. six, six yards of carry. Um, you know, running. You know. You know, kind of with just um, a lot of confidence, you know, like a very hard runner, like a vicious runner. So he looks good. Yeah, he does look good. And uh, this podcast was definitely good. Talking with Steven Rannigan, a former two-time six-figure uh, fantasy football national contest winner. So good to talk to you. Maybe this is the year uh, for, for the FFPC main event for the Football Guys I know, Championship. Right? I, I don't know. know. Yep. No, yeah. We'll he, see. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate all your kind words. And, you know, as I've said before, I, you know, just one quick parting note, you know, and doing the changes, you know, I've said this before, your site, just to that drop down and being able to kind of, you know, maneuver differently through different teams and such. It's, um, it's really, it just saves a lot of time. It's very efficient. So, you know, you guys have been awesome. So you guys have a great product. I really mean that. Well, thank you so much. And you are a great player. And I really mean that. Steven, it was great talking to you. Good luck in, uh, in week nine. Enjoy the games. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Eric. Have a good day.
Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.